0: All right, cool. We got the recording. Which these recordings are on the website. Um, I would encourage you if you want to go, if you're like a podcast person. There's been some great theological insights, as the doers and Dixie can attest to. Um, the when the AC a- a- cuts on, it sometimes gets hard to hear it, but <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best.
1: And that's true in all classes. Just to be clear, I listened to
0: some other uh-huh. classes.
2: And you can tell when that. When the yeah, they need
0: to just like. For the 10 o'clock hour, just do like no AC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, um, this morning we are blessed to have Nan Smith and Kim Tolliver um, to teach us about joy. Um, so, I guess kind of the first question, if y'all wouldn't mind just introducing yourself, how okay. long have you been a member of our community, and just whatever fun facts about your life okay. you want to share. Good.
3: My name is Nan. Smith, and I have actually been at Otta Creek for 42 years, I think. now, and uh, I love Otta Creek, just like the things we saw today was so powerful, and uh, uh, I, my husband was an elder here, and he passed away eight months ago. And so that I'm living a different kind of life now by myself, and, uh, but I am surrounded by a wonderful family, and I love this church, and, and everybody here has been so amazing to me. Yeah. And so I have a rich, full life, in spite of losing my wonderful best friend husband. That's <laughs>
2: awesome. Um, I'm Kim Tolliver. I oh goodness. I was trying to figure this out. <laughs> Walk in. I think I've been in, in November it'll be ten years. Okay.
4: <laughs>
2: but yeah, I always think I, I, I tend, tend to always say like, Oh I've been here seven years and I'm like,
4: Oh I'm it's like, almost did. So. <laughs> 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 the, so The past two and a half
0: years, do they really count? I mean,
2: yeah, I was on like, <laughs> uh, hard but, yeah, but no so this here um, I am truly grateful for Outer Creek. Uh I when I started coming here this didn't really exist. I mean it did, but like we didn't have like a true space, so um and we what was that? Oh what was it called? Stir. Right When mm-hmm. they call it Stir and so it's the same thing. And they you know they rebrand everything, right? Around everywhere, it's not just here. But um but but because of that I've met some of my best friends and um, I've done what I chose to do life with, and so it's, I'm very grateful for Otter Creek, and um, yeah, I'm on the trace team, you might see me up there, and um, that's probably the biggest thing that I do here. so that's fine.
3: And somebody said that Otter Creek doesn't, they love Otter Creek because there was no age difference, we all kind of associate <laughs> so together, mm-hmm. so that's been one thing that's historical about Otter Creek. Awesome.
0: Thank y'all. Um, so the next question is, what is, do you have a memory of like the best fruit you've ever had? So I have this memory in 2012. I was in Jamaica on a mission trip. It was in June. Peak mango season. Um, Pastor Michael brought us a big box of just cut right off the tree. And I mean, it was, I've been chasing that high forever. <laughs> to, cause it's just, you can't, Replicated. I've never had a mango that hasn't been that good. So do y'all have any stories or like the, you know, the fresh fruit where it's just so good? Okay. Oh,
2: yeah, we're just yeah, we need to break it up, yeah. I, I, mean, I made the joke earlier, I was like, maybe I need to eat more fruit because <laughs> I cannot think of anything. But I, I love pineapple. That's probably my favorite fruit. I know I've had some watermelon that is but nothing like the <laughs> Pastor Michael. But yeah, but I, uh, but yeah, I would, I would just, I would just, I think that's how I was going to answer that, just like a real pineapple. But yeah,
3: nothing yeah. that calls to Remember, everybody. Well, I, uh, I persimmons. I don't know if y'all ever had a persimmon, mm-hmm. but the color is amazing. It's just so orange, and you cannot eat the persimmon when they're not very very right (laughs) he agrees with me because it makes your mouth go like (laughs) and so you have to wait till it's very plump and juicy but when you bite into it it is the sweetest sweetest fruit you'll ever have so uh, that's that's, and they're only here for a very short time so you don't get them very often and so, and you can't buy a whole bunch at once, but just be sure and buy one at least.
0: There you go. Um, so next we're gonna watch a short five minute video. Um, can I close out of these? Yeah, y'all can sit right here. Yeah. And make it easier.
2: Like
0: I must have absolutely minded close down that tab.
5: in a good mood is really great, and most languages have lots of words to describe the experience, like happy, cheerful, joyful, and so on. The same goes for the languages of the Bible. In ancient biblical Hebrew, there's a variety of words, like simcha, sason, or gil. In the Greek New Testament, there's kara, yufresune, or aguliasis. Each word has its own unique nuance, but they all basically refer to the feeling of joy and happiness. Now, what makes these biblical joy words interesting is noticing the kinds of things that bring happiness, and also seeing how joy is a key theme that runs through the whole story of the Bible. Let's start with sources of joy. On page 1 of the Bible, God says that this world is very good. So naturally, people find joy in beautiful and good things of life, like growing flocks or an abundant harvest on the hills. The poet of Psalm 104 says a good bottle of wine is God's gift to bring joy to people's hearts. People find joy at a wedding or in their children. There's even a Hebrew proverb that compares the joy that perfume brings to your nose with the joy a good friend brings to your heart. However, human history isn't just a joy fest. The biblical story shows how we live in a world that's been corrupted by our own selfishness. It's marked by death and loss. And this is where biblical faith offers a unique perspective on joy. It's an attitude God's people adopt not because of happy circumstances, but because of their hope in God's love and promise. So when the Israelites were suffering from slavery in Egypt, God raised up Moses to lead them to free. And the first thing the Israelites did was sing for joy. Even though they were in the middle of a desert, they were vulnerable, the promised land was still far away, they rejoiced anyway. Later biblical poets looked back on this story and they remembered how the Lord caused his people to leave with joy, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. This joy in the wilderness, this was a defining moment, a way of saying that the joy of God's people is not determined by their struggles, but by their future destiny. This theme appears later in Israel's story, when Israel suffered under the oppression of foreign empires. The prophet Isaiah looked for a day when God would raise up a new deliverer like Moses. That's when those redeemed by the Lord will return to Zion with glad shouts, with eternal joy crowning their heads. Happiness and joy will overtake them. And while the Israelites waited, they chose joy to anticipate their future redemption. This is why it's significant that when Jesus of Nazareth was born, it was announced as good news that brings great joy. We're told that Jesus himself rejoiced and gave thanks to God his Father when he began to announce the kingdom of God. He even taught his followers the same joy in the wilderness, saying, when people reject you or persecute you for following Rejoice! Be very glad, because your reward is great in heaven. After his death and resurrection, Jesus commissioned his followers to go out and announce the good news that he was the risen king of the world. And as they did so, the early Christian communities were known for being full of joy, even when they were persecuted. Like when the Apostle Paul was sitting in a dirty Roman prison, he could say that he's chosen joy, even if he gets executed. He called this the joy of faith, or joy in the Lord. He believed it was the gift of God's Spirit, a sign that Jesus' presence is with you, inspiring hope in the midst of hardship. And when you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, joy becomes reasonable in the darkest of circumstances. Now this doesn't mean that you ignore or suppress your sorrow. That's not healthy or necessary. Paul often expressed his grief about missing loved ones or losing friends or his own freedom. He called it being full of sorrow and yet rejoicing. As he acknowledged his pain, he also made a choice to trust Jesus that his loss wouldn't be the final word. This is very different from the trite advice to turn that frown upside down. Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' own life and love. And that's what biblical joy is all about. Awesome.
0: Let's start in scriptures. Um, Are there any passages, teachings, stories, parables, poems um, that, you know, really affect the way you understand joy? Uh, Anything in the Bible that just really speaks to
4: you?
3: Oh, very many. And one is that Jesus said that the joy he was going to give was joy unspeakable. of glory so this is a joy that is so profound that Jesus promises those who follow him and uh, so that is one and then Jesus saying uh, rejoice in the Lord always and uh, so that is a challenge to do but it's, it's a command And uh, he says, for this is the will in Christ Jesus concerning you. That doesn't necessarily mean that what you're going through is his will, but his will is for us to rejoice in the midst of the things we're going through. You have that deep joy. Now, he understands. So I would have to say the Bible is so full of things, a way to live your life. Mm -hmm. So... You know he has all of this perfection because he says rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep so it's a complete picture of, uh, of joy but I love this video it's very very good because it's so you know it goes so scripturally based and scriptures are really where we find how to live in all circumstances and so uh, another one that I love is that, uh, two more, one is that, uh, I would just say in the midst of what we're going through now in our world, in our country, God still says to rejoice. And I wanted to, is this a good time to read this scripture? Sure. Okay. Uh
0: is, he, is there a bad time to read Scripture? No, I guess you're right. Uh,
3: uh, but he says that in these last days... Hey, hey,
6: Name, can you tell us where you're reading from?
3: Yes, ma'am. That is Luke 21. He first tells about when these times are going to happen. Now, some of them probably happened right after the fall of Jerusalem. But, he also they're asking him, when are the end times going to be? And he says, when you hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. And then he said to them, nations shall rise against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilence and fearful signs and great signs there shall be from heaven but before all these they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons being brought before kings and it shall turn to you for a testimony but then he says on here it said you should be betrayed by parents and brethren and kinfolk and friends some of you should be put to death and you should be hated of all men for my name's sake but uh, in your patience possess you your souls but then he says here men's hearts are failing them from fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken But then what he tells us in the midst of all this is, so likewise, when you see these things come to pass, one version says rejoice, for you know that the kingdom of God is near at hand. And so uh, I remember reading that once in a book, uh, Crossing the Switchblades or something by David Wilkinson, And he talked about all these things. In fact, I have a son and his wife. He said, we just sit around and watch the bad news, you know. And so I told him, I said, you know, the thing is these things are going to happen. The Bible tells they are going to happen. But they also said, in the midst of all these things, rejoice because our redemption is drawing near. And so that should be a great comfort. Mm -hmm. And another thing... And what did he say about our, just, okay. When you think, see these things come to pass, know you that the kingdom of God is near. But he also tells them, uh, you know, possess your, in your patience, possess your souls. But one other one I was going to say, share particularly is when actually King David was praying, and he said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And I'm so thankful to see you all, many of you in college, coming to church. Because when I was in college, I didn't, all I knew was a, you know, certain five steps I was supposed <laughs> to go through or, uh, you know, I knew I was in a church with the right name. But once I got to college, I didn't, didn't much go to church or anything. And to see you all here is great. But when you have been lost and you are found, then there's amazing joy. That's the real source of my joy is that uh, I know where I lived before salvation. I know where I was in my when I was in college, like you all, and it was not a good place, but not until I had been married a few years after thinking that All I had to do was just get married and turn over a new leaf. And I realized that wasn't happening. And a minister told me that Jesus Christ had died. Well, I was convinced I was a sinner when he said, how many sins does it take to make a sin? And I thought, well, I do know that, you know. And then he said, but the good news is Jesus Christ has taken the punishment for your sins. And that brought a joy to my heart that has never left mm. and then to realize that he comes in to live with you in the holy form of the Holy Spirit because Jesus told his followers I have been with you but I will be in you and to have that and then the, the, the promises of what the Holy Spirit does convicts you of sin and righteousness and what he is doing through the Holy Spirit is conforming you to Christ and so It's just, there are just so many things that keep me happy and joyful. So, (laughs) we could go on and on. (laughs) (laughs) Great lesson. Now,
2: um, the thing that, well, it's very interesting that this is the topic because um, I was talking to one of my dear friends in the program about this uh, because if you had talked to me a year ago, I definitely had the absence of joy walking around here. was pretty much a zombie, and um, so something that you were saying, I was like, "Oh, you're about to say what I'm about to say," which is no, which is, no, which is great. great, which is yeah, great. Yeah. But so, um, what I tend to think about is the story of you know I, the the parable of the lost things. You know, the coin, the sheep, and the the son, and so um, just. So what, you, where, where you were going with that talking about, you know, where you've been and where, if you've been lost, and and then when you, when you're, when you're found again, that's the like, oh, there comes the air, <laughs> but but you know just how overwhelmingly like joyous it makes you. So um, I don't know. For some reason, I always love that parable, but then I think after last year, just of the things that went through, just with the pandemic and the fear. And um, just the sad—I mean, oh, when it came down to it, it was just sadness, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That I was living in and trying to get through. It's—it's um, it's now to look back on and realize, like walking through that season, just like there's life on the other side of this. Every time I would wake up every morning, I'd say, "There's life on the other side of Tiger feel right now." So. Mm-hmm. We'll be fine. You know, I'll probably start crying, but it's, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that I always think about. That I, I mean, just singing, some of the, some of the things in the scripture that you're talking about, just having those, you know, creating me a clean heart and rejoicing in the Lord. All it's just some of those '90s cuts, you know, from these <laughs> days that we would sing. Um, yeah, so just uh, that's what I tend to think about, you know, when I'm reflecting on joy, because I think, especially when I was younger, I, everyone just said, oh, you're so happy, you're, you're so, you know, they would say joyful, but they meant happy. And so I, a lot of that is tied to your happenings and things that are going on, and so when everything's going pretty well in your life, it's easy to be a happy person. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then when, just, I don't know how y'all went through the pandemic, but I went like through it like this, <laughs> <laughs> just sitting in my house, like, oh, what am I doing? And so, um, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's, I love seeing the life on the other side of it, because mm-hmm. being in the middle of it sucked, and it was terrible, but, but I look back in it, and even just listening to, isn't that Tim Mackey, the mm-hmm. Bible Talk yep. project? I really started, I mean, I got, went to church, my, I would go to church my whole life and I never really even read scripture up until, I was like I've got to do something, so I mm-hmm. listened to him a lot, you know, he's phenomenal so as soon as he started talking, I was like, oh, do that <laughs> um, but um, and so, I mean, every so there was, for like a year and a half you know, just a lot mm-hmm. of verses, but that's I always, I think about that just because of, of that parable, because looking at it from the perspective of it's it's something that was lost and you couldn't let it continue to be lost and so you had to make the conscious mm-hmm. decision to look for it and mm-hmm. and um, and search for it and then the rejoicing that happens. Mm-hmm. I love that's the thing I love about it at the end of all those three stories. There's all there's a party and you're so yeah. excited and so it's just like the celebration of, of coming through that is what my brain always thinks about. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, I lost some
0: coins and I found one the other day. So y'all are all invited to my party. Because <laughs> that's, that's something people do, right? That makes sense. Is, oh, where'd that dime go? There it is. Let's have a party. Well, that shows us the, the nature of God, right? In that God is joyful. Um, but that's, that's a good transition, kind of, you know, as Nan mentioned with the persimmons. It's not always growing season. Trees are not always fruitful. You know, the process of growing trees in the winter and the seasonal cycle, it's a period of death and rebirth. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of times these hard periods where we don't yield fruit actually teach us so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious if there's, you know, how the hard times, these periods of trials and trauma, shape how you understand joy? Um, yeah, I like this.
2: When you ask this question, i <laughs> this is good. I got to talk. To me honest but um, yeah, I would say for me, I was just one of these people who life was pretty easy for the most part. Like I didn't really, you know, I look at my friends or even family members or co or something, and they're going through something. I was like, oh man, so, you know, I you know, I, and I meant it. And I would be sincere about it. But at the end of the day, I go home and live my life and, you know, move on on. Um, So then, so my big thing that happened with me in the pandemic, it was just one of those, I realized that I needed to be around people. And so then not being around people, and I realized how powerful my mind was um, and how crippling it could be. uh, And just the, you know, I mean, just even reading things on social media and just what I was, just all this stuff that I was taking in, um, and I real and so I have. Thankfully, I'm so grateful that this tiny little voice, spirit, me, everybody, you know, because it came in different forms for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like, "Just turn that off," or "Why don't you read, read this and don't watch?" You know, just little things like that. Just trying to build back to to how I. To kind of function throughout the day, you know. So, um, but then it was always it's like when I think I'm like oh I'm better I'm feeling good and then all of a sudden it would just something would happen, you know, just whatever. And I my, my biggest thing was just the fear and the worry overtook me. And so I mean I was to, and I was always a like, doctor. Oh and I you know I mean, I hate going to the doctor. <laughs> it is I could do a should get an Oscar for my performances at the doctor. <laughs> and they, like, every one time, they were, they were doing, like, an EK. I mean, I convinced these people I was about to have a heart. I was like, something's wrong. And then, let's just fast forward. It was, like, I had fluid in my ear. That's all it was. <laughs> but I was like, my legs are not They're like, they're not, you know, all stuff. Anyway, so, uh, and And here's the thing. I'm glad we're all laughing about it because that's, that's, that's a way, like, I kind of, Got out of a lot of this. Just started being more honest with myself and talking about things, and um, so just allowing. I think that was my big thing. Just uh, how this last year and a half has, has shaped me in the way that I didn't have to have everything together. Not want to class. Then, you know, that was. I think that was probably the biggest thing. You just it's okay to not have everything together and not know, understand everything, and. And you didn't, under, I, there was a lot of times where I was like, why am I going through this? But then I would start talking to a friend who were also was, she was born, he was being honest about things that were going on in, in their lives. And I was like, maybe that's why you were going through that season. So I would mm. say mm-hmm. what helped me get through that. And then it provided a little comfort. And my big thing was just, I'm so, for to be such an outward person and to be, um, Uh, a big extrovert it's very easy for me to like you don't really know what's going on in my life but we talk like this all the time you know (laughs) because at the end of the day it's like i'd rather know how you're doing and but it's nobody this is my enneagram four so you're seeing her shine to the high heavens right now but um I think I
0: think you're the first one to break the enneagram card. Oh, really? <laughs> so, so, congrats yes. well, on that one. Well, thank you. So, you it know, took I us want three to be easy, So, <laughs> but yeah, but I but I think that was a big part of it. You know, just understanding like that you're not alone, and um, that's one song. That's another song.
2: I'm. I'm love all the songs I'm singing. Now I'd always sing. I can't remember what the song is <laughs> called, but. Um, I think mean, it's Elevation. Ele- it's, I think the group's Elevation. But the song's, we are not alone. Well, it's You are not alone, but I would always think I am not alone. And so, it's just just little things like that. So, mm-hmm. just trying to... My biggest thing is understanding the life's so on the other side of this and trying to remember that the only way I'm going to do this is to walk with God. Cause, yeah. And it's not about me trying to get me through it. I've got to have help. And and got to have you know,
3: help from God, but also from friends and family, and that they legitimately do care, and they, that mm-hmm. was my big takeaway. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, I, too, have had my share of troubles. And uh, at present time, my son is 55. He's battling Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, that's been really hard on me to just think about and uh, to watch it, see what's going on in his body, and his speech, and his isolation, and lots of things. And so, um, I think that, and also, you know, I had a son that was in substance abuse, and uh, losing Doug, and other things. And so, I think, to me, it's been having to Surrender and trust God, because there's so many things that you, you know you just you don't know what to do. I mean, I have no idea how to help my son. You know, and uh, so and then the one in drugs. You know, I had to claim scriptures like uh, God will complete the work He's begun in you, and uh, He will. Uh, he, he He is. You know, with us, he will. uh, All things work together for good for those that love the Lord, and and just really, I think. And so, I have had times when I have, uh, you know, God says, rejoice when you fall into temptations, when there have been temptations, and to lie in my car and pray and cry out to God. You know, and uh, and. So uh, a, a friend taught me that she thinks Scripture. Because once I asked her, how did you live so successfully? How do you live so successfully? She says, I think Scripture. And she would say, get in the Word, get in the Word, get in the Word. And uh, so just knowing that I can go into the throne room of God anytime. Because of what Jesus has died on the cross, He says He's enabled us to be able to go right into the throne room and say, Daddy, "Abba, Abba." So just knowing I can go to God and talk to Him about all of this, and you know, He says after that you're gonna have peace, mm-hmm. that pa- pay- peace of God that passes understanding it will come to you. And so uh, I think just all the things that. Frustrate me, or you know, I mean, I had some bad oil stains on my rug, and I was just like, you know. But you have to go to the Word and say, you know, God says, don't, don't be weary and well doing, you know. You're going to reap if you faint not, and you're going you know, to get out the resolve and you spray it. Then you have to do it about ten times, and it's still there, and you know, it's so somebody says a so little foxes its spoil the vine, just things that rob your joy Mm -hmm. and so uh you know those things you just have to will to put on to you know to say and try to follow the word not grumble complain or you know you've got friends that can help you you can share with and then you can uh you know i always feel like I'm going to even stay in this enough to know. I mean, God can keep you in these things a while because he's trying to move you to a a better level. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, and just to know that Christ is forming, God is using everything to form Christ in you. And also to develop patience. He says patience, let patience have its perfect work. And so it's you know they're just sometimes you just have to keep on putting one foot in front of the other until you know you feel the victory and uh, and you know you're better and you've grown, grown through it all. Uh, so those are mm-hmm. those are some things related to joy. And you know, I, at I, you know maybe we can share about like she said things we do. You know, mm-hmm. walks and other
0: things you can yeah. ask that yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah no um so <clears throat> one thing i was going to say is at least in my own life it seems like when the big things happen it's a lot of times it's easier to practice those spirits because it's this big bad thing that's happened and you're like okay i'm to get out of this i'm intentionally going to have to um to practice these to try to focus on these But for me, it's those little things. It's the squirrels, you know? It's those little, oh, I've lost something or this little thing. And two or three of them happen, and that's always what robs my joy. And it's these little ticky-tacky things that, because you don't really consciously think, put up your defenses, you know? But when something really big happens, that's when you're usually kind of better at, like, going into the Word and prayer, because that's the only way you'll get out. Um so, yeah, so we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll do two combo questions. How's that sound? Um, so, usually the question I end on is kind of what do you think are some of the biggest misunderstandings about joy within the church, within Christians? That maybe are there ways that we think are joy, we're showing joy, but really aren't joyful? And then, you know, what are some practices you might have to, um, to really try to embody and express real joy, not. Sometimes false joy we might see other places. Well, there might
3: be the story, like Josh said in his lesson today. This might come to my mind that we can think of God as super divine and forget His humanity, and uh, and because we're still we're still human with feelings and and uh, so that might be you know, we don't want to approach him because he's divine, but we can approach him because he was human. You know, and he went through all the same temptations like we do, but yet he didn't sin. And uh, so that might be one misconception. In fact, myself, when I was still in a legalistic background, I remember coming forth and coming forward at church because I felt like I'd had too much fun, and I felt guilty, and uh, and it was just like singing around a campfire and and uh, maybe doing the Mexican hat rock or something, you know, and so uh, but I felt so guilty, and uh, so just realizing that the world is just like. Like the sermon he said there's abundance in the world and uh the good food and there's you know so God has in such a wonderful balance in our lives and so uh that's one thing I'm thinking of it might be a mm-hmm. uh, discrepancy
2: yeah i I think that for me I always okay, everybody knows hopefully you've seen the movie inside out mm-hmm. yeah, it was like mm, yes. <laughs> oh um, you know in that movie Joy the character Joy doesn't want sadness to kind of take the reins even though she needs to be there and they keep pushing her away and so um, at least that's what I got out of it I hope that's what you all saw but because um, that's what happened but anyway but <laughs> it, no, but I think that's my big misconception is that like they couldn't go hand in hand and so because you like you just got to be happy you know and so and so and and I'm saying happy not joyful you know so just like um, but they have they do work together because I feel like even in all the things that we talked about of the things that happened in our life we're still talking about joyful being joyful but then as we're telling a very sad moment from our lives and so I think that's a big misconception that I had that they, they, they walk side by side just because it mm-hmm. helps you get to the next level. You know, once you've gone through this thing, it, there is joy and there's a life on the other side of that. So um, yeah, it, I wish I'm saying this to the college friends, learn it now, it mm-hmm. might help you later. So it's, but whenever you learn it, it it's worth learning it. So. Mm-hmm. I, th- I
4: think
7: another um, misconception is that people who are joyful are just all the time aren't very strong because they think, people think, well, they're so happy, they haven't had to be. Mm. But the Bible talks about how the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I know stories about this lady about how strong she has been when somebody broke into your house when you had small children. Mm. And, um, like, it happens as a pattern of obedience and being able to um, know that that God is faithful mm-hmm. and his promises are true and then you have strength in the midst of all things and while it might look it. to you, some of us mm-hmm. that it's amazing that that Nan can be joyful the next Sunday after Doug's funeral mm-hmm. but it's because of the joy of the Lord is her strength not yeah. because she's I wouldn't know about cotton candy grapes if not for, for Nan <laughs> Smith. I mean the fruit from Nan Smith, the table that she has laid for us over the years in Vespers um, is astounding. And well, it's
3: celebrating know. God's bountiful yes, and abundance and color and <laughs> beauty. And it's then uh, the partnership with Dawn Whitelaw, mm-hmm. an artist, putting it together, and making it look beautiful, and stuff all that. And the body of Christ, you know, it is really wonderful. I'm so glad y'all are encouraging you to keep finding part of the body, and I know it's a big church, but at Doug's death, I mean, people rallied around me, and sang around his bedside as he was dying, and fed me, and brought me food for months, and you know, it's just amazing, and the cards I got maybe 200 cards just uh, of sympathy, and so you know, just try to make yourself a part of a congregation, and it'll it'll be a blessing on it.
0: It's it's a lot easier to be joyful in community than it joyful is. by yourself.
3: It is amazing. I don't know what people would do that are not have a, but tr- so many people don't, and you know, you think we should empathize with them knowing they're going through their troubles alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. we're not. We have a whole bunch of people. It's yeah. like this morning, praying for people in the congregation. Uh, but, so I was just going to mention some things but uh, like most of all the bible and prayer but just enjoying god's nature god's world of nature my friend luda here is a very big outdoorsman and she nothing she likes better than to get out and why don't you talk tell a little about that (laughs) Luda? how much that refreshes you or what does it do for you
6: Try to figure out, try, you know, trying to figure everything out. Like, look, I don't know your name. It's Kim. Kim. It's okay. Kim. Yeah. Um, you know, you're always trying to figure out how do I get out of this, or what, what do I do next, and somehow just being outside is a way to relax the life. Mm-hmm.
3: So, other things, or maybe, uh, you know, just your creativity. Nurturing that because we all made in the image of God and we all have interest. I take piano lessons. I've been taking that for a long time. And uh, the other day I started drawing a little, a little book, a little. I got this little book that I had, and it was I draw a little picture every day. And so I was just going to show you my little (laughs) book. And so. uh,
4: <laughs> 't think you don't have to
3: be talented to do these things mm-hmm. you know but but it does it's one of those good things that God lets you do to have joy and they're they're just not good they're not that good but but you mm-hmm. know still. Those are great. It still makes you feel happy. They're,
2: they're not great at they're all. They're not now, great. You know, I'm <laughs> sh- no shading in the shower. Yeah. You know,
3: <laughs> but when you do one, your heart just, ooh, gets excited, you know. And uh, so, you know, little things that you, you may write a poem, yeah. write poetry, uh, one of the poets said, the world is so full of a number of things, I'm sure we could be happy as kings. <laughs> so maybe you all could share a, something that you like to do with the rest of us. Does anybody have something they like that is you know, cooking, baking?
2: Man, one thing that you have taught me <laughs> is hugging trees. Oh, yes. Oh, you do it uh, Yes. I, I don't do it as much as you. But I, I, I mean, just the idea of seeing a tree that, that looks like you should just hug it. I, I come, As a hugger, I completely understand. It.
1: I'm so and
2: it brings joy. It really does bring joy.
3: And there is a tree on Leland Lane that is dying from the reconstruction. We need to go over and hug
1: it. You're, so, you're such a good hugger, David. I,
2: think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, that tree's That's
1: probably
2: like, but, but seriously, I mean, I, and I think something that Kim said, or, or Kim, Kim alluded to, is that this is a process, and to give yourself grace when you can't just snap out of it, but mm-hmm. like, it is something that gradually over time mm-hmm. occurs. It's not going to be. Don't be bad, mad at yourself that if you can't find that
1: joy immediately, mm-hmm. that it just takes time. Yeah. He does. I, I want to say something in reference to that, actually. The, I think a big thing that looked different to me as an adult in the church that I'm now in than the church that we grew up in, which Kim and I are good friends, we talk about things like this a lot, is that the happiness seems to me to be, I guess, a band-aid, but it also it wasn't an acknowledgment of sorrow or of pain. Yeah. And when someone is joyful, when they're talking about that, you mm. know when somebody's talking about it, if they've been through something hard, and they know what that looks like. Um, I, y'all reminded me of a poem I really love. It's called On Joy and Sorrow. And just to read the first at the like, beginning of it, he said, your joy is your sorrow unmasked. It's the self saying well from which your laughter rises that was oftentimes filled with your tears. How else can it be the deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain? Is it not the cup that holds your wine that very cup that was burned in the potter's <coughs> oven? And is it not the loot that soothes your spirit, the very wood that was hollowed with knives? There, there is no space for joy. And I love that Paul talks about that and Jesus talks about that, which to me is an acknowledgment of, yes, life is hard. Life is painful. Life is sorrowful. And just because you follow me, that does not mean these things magically go away. So the process is acknowledging in each other As family, Mm -hmm. I know you're dealing with something hard. I'll be with you in it. How can I help? As opposed to saying, well, hope it gets better. You know what? You just need to be happy, which oftentimes I think is much more insulting because what it says is, you won't be with me. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jesus is saying that you said so well, is that Jesus said, hey, I'm with you now, but also I'm going to be in you. The problems you'll be dealing with, I will do them with you. I know. Amen.
3: And sometimes, you know, like we get into this thing. I mean, I, I about mid morning, I'm like, why is it all so hard? Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? And, you know, and, and you just have to take a nap. <laughs> 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 or, you know, so I just, I just, I just say, I'll say, I think I need a reset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
2: kidding. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, yeah. Oh, well, I haven't eaten. It was, you know, just stuff that, you know. And, you know, I like the fact, too, that it said Jesus, when he talked to the woman of the well, said he was weary. He <laughs> sat down at the well. He was weary. And, you know, I'm sure all of us go through that. <laughs> I do, for sure. And so uh, it's just, and, you know, Bible, the Bible says, like, I will sing aloud to the Lord on my bed. So that's another good thing, you know. Just I make myself do that. You know, I wake up and then I like, okay, God, I'm gonna sing a song. You know, and you sing aloud on your bed, and you know, then you can get up. <laughs>
0: I've I've started a practice of or singing along to acapella hymns while I'm driving, yeah. Yeah, and it seems go. kind of goofy, but it's just a lot of those songs are very fun <laughs> and they just make you smile. You know. That's right. That's right. Um, Well, I wish we could continue this conversation for another hour, but, you know, there's a second service some of us got to get to.
3: Can Um, I say one thing? Of course. There is an amazing passage, and it is that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the shame of the cross. Mm -hmm. So, I think the reason he was so joyful is because he was going to seek he knew that through his love, we would have this body of believers. We would have people living good lives, trying, working. And so just to think that God, Jesus, went to the cross because of the joy that he saw coming is a great thought.
0: That's a great word to end us on. Next week we'll have peace. Um, Patrick will be leading the discussion. And Liz Fouts is a member at West End who works with Exile International. So it'll be kind of interesting to hear that perspective when they're engaged in um, helping rehabilitate former child soldiers. Um, Thank you for our panel. If y'all could give them a warm round of applause.